welcome to the Diary of a Sales Expert podcast. My name's James White, and I'm on a mission to help business owners and sales professionals all over the world get incredible sales results. So thanks for listening, and let's get started. Welcome back to episode 14 of the Diary of a Sales Expert podcast. So in this week, I'm just going to use this week to do a really quite short and sharp podcast about one of my biggest ever sales mistakes that I would hope that you can learn from because I certainly learned from and I believe would uh, help you ensure that you're doing the right things when it comes to proposals and presentations with opportunities and clients you have. And this mistake was something that cost me a significant value of contract and uh, it's something I got badly wrong and I want to share it with you so that you can avoid making the same mistake. And uh, as normal, what I'll also do at the end is uh, stay tuned for a uh, example of a person who is a, I always share an inspirational story on the podcast and I share an inspirational story of someone who I think is just breathtaking what they did. Um, so stay tuned for that as well. But so let's get on to mistakes. So firstly, I should say this in sales, I've been in sales for um, a long, long time and I've made lots of mistakes. I think mistakes are a good thing. Um, they help you program your mind to realize what to do and what not to do. And um, any salesperson that says they haven't made a mistake is lying. Um, and even as a sales mentor now, I still sell regularly and I still make mistakes on a regular basis. Uh, it happens. It's what happens. We are not perfect human beings. So making mistakes is, is, is part and parcel of the sales process. But as my dad always says to me, and I take this, this, this phrase a lot, it makes huge amount I think is is you know mistakes aren't you know problems or aren't issues unless you fail to learn from them and so the the reality is you can make a mistake but if you don't learn from them then being blunt you're a bit daft but if you do learn from them and can apply it in in a sales situation again you can you can avoid those things happening so let's get into the nuts and bolts of what happened so long uh, when my first business was a software company that I created and uh, we produced a CRM, so customer relationship management software. And we, I grew the business from 2005 um, all the way up to, uh, to, to, to recent, so when I left that business in sort of, sort of 2018. And um, around the, I think it had been around the sort of 2014 area, we've just raised some funding and uh, we were starting to get access to larger deals. So we sold our software on a per user per month basis. So we'd have um, organizations that would come and work with us and pay our licensing would pay, they'd pay 29, 30 pounds per month uh, per user per, per month. And so um, most of the clients that we tended to work with would be five, six, seven clients. So, you know, the average value of the client per month would be, you know, between 100 and 200 pounds. So, so, you know, they were great businesses because when you do get people on board with software, they generally stay with you for a long period of time. So it was great business for us. So anyway, we had the um, we were we given the uh, we used to get a lot of leads and a lot of inquiries on a day to day basis, and me and my team and I had a sales some salespeople that worked with me, but also I would pick up a lot of the opportunities because I loved selling. And uh, we had a very large media organisation, and I won't say to them the name of them, but they're very nationally well known and very publicly well known, who reached out to us for part of one up our part of their business, which was their worldwide arm. And uh, they came to us and said, um, we've really had a look at your software. And of course, we used to get lots of people looking at the system and taking trials. They could take a free trial of the software. We've really had a look at your software. And we really like it. And uh, we think it's great. And uh, we'd love you to come up and uh, come and present to us um, around um, a, 
you know how you know you could you could deploy the, the, the software. So I, I did what the good salespeople should do. So I had a first year. I said, "Great, let's have a conversation about what it is you're looking to achieve and a bit more about your plans." And so we had a first conversation. And we talked to them about what they were looking to achieve. So I always say to people, sales about being in control, try and find out what they're looking for. They were they liked us, but who else were they comparing us with? And what did they like about us? And what was the decision that they were going to make? And, and what was the driver for them using the system? And so they they outlined what they were looking to do. Their, their worldwide arm um, it was, it was commercially focused and, and had to try and drive income. And so um, they, you know, they, this, this organization had around 75 people who were going to use the software. So as you can imagine, in my head, the, the, the numbers start to calculate. When, when organizations like this make decisions on software, they go through quite a stringent process. They go through a process to ensure that, that because the job of implementing the software is, is takes time and takes effort, and they don't want to have to launch something and then six months later then launch something else because their team then doesn't like it or hasn't worked for them. So I sort of had done the maths in my head, and, and, and I was thinking – Wow, you know, 75 people paying 30 pounds a month, you can work out the month numbers for yourself per month. But there was, there was also some initial work we were going to do to get that started. So over the over the course of of and we used to keep clients on board normally for you know 3 to 4 years. This deal was a hundred thousand pounds um, uh, of potential business uh, over the course of of it, of its lifespan. So a huge opportunity. So I was incredibly excited and I was like, wow, this is great. You know, and it was a very big name. I won't say the name because it's, you know, client confidentiality is key, but, you know, they're a national broadcaster, as I'm going to say, based in the UK that had a worldwide arm. Do your own calculations from there. So anyway, we uh, we identified what they were looking for and we had a conversation and talked to people and talked to them. They had a project manager person who was fantastic. Great. And and, and I could tell the relationships in sales are always great. And you, I could tell this person really liked what we did. And um and and really had a feeling that we were we were we were we were great at what we were about and they've really liked the software we did them trial the demo they liked it they had a, a, a project team that were involved they liked it I was like wow this is going great guns so but the mistake was was what happened next and um, the long story short was they invited us and one other large organization and that organization is an organization called Salesforce.com who are um the world's you know, largest CRM, uh, online CRM vendor now, I think. And at the time when this deal was going in place, they were growing and they were big, but much bigger than we were as a company, you know, massively compared in size. And and um, and, and we were being compared to, to uh, or asked to, to quote and present for the business alongside Salesforce. And uh, I went to a presentation. It was all planned, the timescales, and we planned the materials for it. And uh, I was in my, was in the, you know, looking to do the presentation. And, um, and in walked a guy who um, I felt I'd recognised, but I wasn't sure. Um, but he sat down. And, and the meeting started, I should have said, the meeting started at this point, and uh, we were sort of five minutes into the presentation, and this person came in. And I thought I recognised him, but I thought I wasn't sure. And I just thought maybe someone that was late to the, to the, to the meeting. And I had asked for details of who was going to be there, because one of the things that I always encourage you to do in sales is if you're going to go into a meeting, ask for the names of the people that are in the room so that, and the roles that they have, so you can try and identify what they might be interested in. So, for example, someone in finance is probably more interested in maybe the return and the business case and how things are going to operate than maybe someone in IT who's going to be more interested in the technical implementation. So we'd asked the information and I'd got the details and we made sure part of our presentation was was covering that but this person came in and um of course i didn't hadn't seen them hadn't seen on the notes and um and what i probably mistake number one that i probably should have done is i should have stopped at that point and said um 
you know, like, you know, thanks ever so much for joining us. You know, my name's James and lovely to meet you. And that he, he would have then uh, introduced himself. But I didn't do that for one. So I carried on with my presentation. So my first mistake there was be self-aware in your presentations. When someone comes into the room, maybe use an opportunity to say to everyone in the room, hey, just wanted to check that what we're covering is useful. And it's great to have your colleague here. And by the way, you know, my name's James and it'd be great to know a bit more about you and your role um, if you think you can do that. Or if not, maybe carry on for a few moments and then maybe use it as a, as a chance to, to catch up. And, you know, would it be helpful if we, you know, we caught your colleague up with what we've covered so far? So use it as a chance to, to discuss and, and find out what's happening. But I, I didn't do that and I sort of carried on. And um, we got to the end of the presentation and we talked about how it's going to be deployed and all these other things. I could see lots of good things in the room. And then, uh, and, and then the person that came into the room had, had asked, asked me a question and he said, um, how do you, uh, you guys as a company, um, compare with Salesforce in, 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 in terms of size? Or what's the, or no, he said, I think he said to me, what's the difference between you and Salesforce in size of company? And, um, and I gave a really glib, um, funny, I thought, not, not funny, actually, I don't know why I said it, response, which was, oh, the difference between us in size is about $5 billion. Um, and i.e., the difference in size of our company size and turnover and structure compared to Salesforce. And um, and he looked at me and said, you know, what do you mean? And I said, oh, well, they're five times, you know, they're, they're a $5 billion company, we're a smaller company. And I could see some thoughts were in his mind and um, I didn't play on it. I didn't say anything more. I said, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And then he asked another question around um, support and what would happen in the event of a problem occurring. And I talked about our support procedure and whatever else. But the mistake that I made that cost me this 100K deal was I didn't probe in beneath the worries that were going on in this gentleman's head, which when I look back at it now, we're really clear at the time. At the time, he was, you know, probably getting by his team information that says, we really like in touch. We think it's a, a great product to use. We think it's the system that we want to put in place. And we're comparing it with this other organization. And who is much bigger and maybe not the systems that's flexible and whatever else. And what he probably would have done is gone, well, that's great that it's a nicer system, but we've got to consider the risk here. How big is the company? What support happens? How do we know that they're going to be financially stable, et cetera, et cetera? And my answers around, you know, $5 billion and the fact that, you know, they were financially more stable than us and were bigger than us and could deal with a problem in the event of us, A, leaned, helped them lean towards, you know, making the, the, the choice around Salesforce, and B, more importantly, didn't, I didn't alleviate the risk in his mind. So the issue for me is that I um, didn't spot the issues that they were really coming across in that person's mind. And the reality is what that person was saying was saying to us with me in those questions were, I have a bit of a risk around your company. Convince me otherwise. Show me that you, your work, you're not going to embarrass us if we deploy this with 75 people, that this isn't going to cause an issue for us in our business. And I didn't give him that assurance. And I used a glib answer and I didn't probe into, into the detail. And long story short, when we left the presentation, I thought it was all good. I felt really excited. And two days later, they came back and said, thanks very much. Really appreciate you coming up. But we've chosen, um, uh, it was a tight decision, but we've chosen this other organization. And I picked up the phone and to the contact I'd had. And I said, um, what happened? What, what, what went on? And they uh, they came back to me and said, mm, person who was the CEO had basically had a expressed at the end of the meeting, a concern that um, we were too big a risk for them, and that we hadn't, um, you know, we hadn't given them assurances that we would cover that risk, and 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 uh, if in the event of a problem, um, that that we would, you know, 
you know, would we be able to, you know, make sure that they could carry on the system and, and the project and that Salesforce as a bigger company were, were, were a bit more, were less of a risk. And my answers hadn't helped him alleviate that. And that's why we lost the deal. So the big mistake that I can share with you is, and the big learning from that, and as I said at the start, it's about learning from your mistakes you make, is be in a position where you, A, clarify what are the conditions and thoughts that are going through the mind of the buyer. What are the things that are going to potentially be a risk for them? And if you can't get them to clarify it, put yourself in their shoes and think like them. What would be the things that they might be thinking when they compare you versus someone else that might put them off you or might make them think, oh, I'm not sure about that? And look at ways in which you can try and alleviate that. If I'd have thought and known what that issue was going to be, or if I'd have thought more and reacted to it better or preempted it, then I could have talked around how, yes, we weren't as big as those, but we had financial stability, we had a backer, we were well funded, we were able to, I could able to show them that we had enough to be able to do what they needed to do and to give them that assurance. Or even ask them, does that give them the assurance they need? But I didn't. And I didn't ask the right question. I didn't notice that the person coming into the room was a CEO. Uh, I didn't take a note of the fact of what their drivers were. And ultimately, in, in, when it came to making the decision, the CEO ultimately had the, the final sway. So always remember to make sure you're, you're keeping aware of who comes into your presentations. Use it as a chance to maybe assess whether you can, you can do something slightly different. Make sure that you've understood what are the key criteria on which they're going to make the decision on. How is it going to affect the decision in certain areas, what's going to be critical for them, who's going to make that decision, who has ultimate sway and, and, and concern. And if you can't get that information, try and put yourself in their shoes to think what could be the issue that they might be thinking about using your system or your service and therefore how you can overcome that. I didn't. It cost me a huge amount. It cost me a six-figure uh, deal, um, which I look back now and wish if things had been different, hey, you never know. But um, I learned the lesson. And it made sure that when I went into future presentations, I was really on top of who was going to be there and what were the conditions and what were the things that were stopping them from doing business with me. But if I'd have learned the lesson at the time and done the right thing at the time, then I potentially could have won a deal with a major broadcaster, which would have been a great case study and great piece of business that could have taken that business on to other things. But I didn't. I lost the deal. Hey, it's one of those things. It's one of my biggest sales mistakes. It happens. But I hope that the experience of what I've shared here can help you make sure that you take the actions that you need to, to know who's in the room Make sure that you know what the criteria you're being judged on and the key factors are. And if you know that there are some thoughts that are going through the worries or concerns or you know, doubts that are going through the mind of your buyer, address them. Don't try and be glib and funny. Deal with them. And if you do that, you're going to stand a better chance of winning the deal. So that's the story today, which I hope you found useful. Um, love to know what the stories of your big sales mistakes are. Um, I know that we've all made lots of them. Um, one of the things I had thought about even calling this podcast, the mistakes of a, of a sales, of a salesperson, because we all make them on a regular basis. Mistakes are good. They help us drive and improve. So I'd love to know what are some of your key sales mistakes that you've made. Let me know, share them. If you even want to jump on a podcast with me and share some of those stories, then I'd love to do that. But I said at the start, I wanted to do a quick, uh, I'd always do an inspirational story to finish the podcast. And this one I think is amazing. And I wanted to just share the story of a lady called Jenny Graham, who in 2018 broke the world record, I think, for a female cycling around the world. Um, she started in Berlin uh, in 2018 and she cycled for 15 hours a day and managed an average of 150 miles a day. And she did 100 
80,000 miles, which took her across four continents and through 16 countries. Um, she had to obviously take four flights and one boat ride um, in order to, you know, to get across land uh, and, and when, when she couldn't go on a landmass. But those 180,000 miles across those uh, across 2018 um, was because she wanted to test her ability. And when I when you look at Jenny Graham, have a search for her and what she did. What an incredible lady! What an inspiration! Someone that was actually not just dealing with the physical elements of cycling, but also the the challenge of going to so many different countries and being able to do what she did. I think it's a great inspiration, something we can all learn from and be inspired by. So um, look, hope you can have a look at Jenny. And by the way, um, I always look for inspirational stories and people that we know we don't know or people that I, I you know are not maybe as well known as others. So if you've got an inspirational story of someone we think we should include in the podcast, please reach out to me and my team. Um, we'll put the email details in the po- in the podcast notes. Reach out to us for an inspirational story and let's include it so we can give them the coverage it deserves as well. But that's it. Have a little look at Jenny Graham um, if you want to be inspired for the course of today. But that's it from this week's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. That's my biggest sales mistake. It cost me over a six-figure sales deal. Hope it's going to help you avoid um, a similar mistake in the future. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed. If you have, please subscribe to the podcast. It helps us ensure more people can get the insights and ideas they need to get incredible sales results. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode.